The next reading is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 to 16, and it's page 1051. However, we do speak a wisdom among the mature, but not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. On the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery, a, a wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. None of, this, none of the rulers of this age knew this wisdom, for if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what eye did not see and ear did not hear, and what never entered the human mind, God prepared this for those who love him. Now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man? except the spirit of the man that is in him. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the unbeliever does not welcome what comes from God's Spirit, because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it, since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. That, great. It'd be great to keep that passage open. I'm just going to pray for us as we come to this part of God's word. The unbeliever does not welcome what comes from God's spirit because it's foolishness to him. He's not able to understand it since it's evaluated spiritually. Father, we are unable uh, to get into your word this evening and to really understand what's going on here, uh, except that you would graciously be at work by your spirit. And so, Father, we do pray, please, that you would be at work among us this evening. Uh, please help us to see the wisdom of the cross, that it is not foolishness. It is your wisdom and your power. Uh, please convince us and convict us of that truth more and more so that we might be changed by it and take up our crosses and live for Jesus this week and always. Amen. Uh, friends, this week I was watching a video of a game called Kabaddi. Has anyone heard of it? strange Indian game where uh, there's this court, and I think there's about five or seven guys on either side, and one guy from one team uh, goes across the other side, and he has to tip as many of the opponents as possible and get back to his side before he's wrestled to the ground, uh, and he's only got one breath, and he's got to say kabaddi, 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 kabaddi the whole time so they know he's not taking a breath. It's a very bizarre game. And uh, the crowd was going absolutely bonkers for this game. They loved it. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is very weird. There's a weird game. And it got me thinking though, I wonder what people think when they come into the back of our church. Is it like the Kabaddi game? They kind of walk in and they see us going, Jesus, and like doing all these things. And they're thinking, this is just a bit weird. And and that got me thinking again, what would change someone from being, uh, this is weird, Kabaddi is weird, to being someone who goes, I'm into it. I want to go and watch the game. I want to play. What would make someone change from being someone who comes in the back and thinks this is weird, this whole church thing, to becoming someone who actually wants to follow Jesus. 
Last week we talked about the fact that uh, the gospel, the message of the cross, which is our very foundational message, it's foolishness to the world. What would make people change from thinking foolishness to thinking this is God's wisdom? Better preaching, is that the answer? Better marketing, is that what we need? Paul's one answer that he gives in this part of God's word is the spirit of God. That's it, nothing else. It's the spirit of God that's going to change people. That's what we're going to see this evening. That's the big thing. But first, before we see that, Paul's going to remind us of the problem. Uh, that God's wisdom, the message of the cross, is like from another planet. It's, it's out of this world, and our world just doesn't get it. And then he'll tell us, actually, the way to get it is by the Spirit. And finally, he'll tell us a few implications of that fact. Uh, but first of all, let's, let's look from verses 6 to 9 at God's unknown wisdom. Look at verse 6 with me. Chapter 2, verse 6. He's just been saying how the message of the cross is seen as foolishness. However, verse 6, we do speak a wisdom among the mature. For some people, the message of the cross is wisdom. But going on, but not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. The message of the cross doesn't fit with our world, does it? It's not wisdom in the eyes of our world who are all on about get power for yourself. Get honor for yourself. Self-help. Go get it. This doesn't work for them. When they see Jesus on the cross, they're not thinking, yeah, that's wisdom. When they hear us say, take up your cross and follow Jesus, that doesn't sound at all like what they want to do. In fact, if it was wisdom in the eyes of the world, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus, would they? They wouldn't have done that. But as verse 8 says, they crucified the Lord of glory. If they saw glory in Jesus, they wouldn't have done that. That's exactly what happened. Maybe that's you as well this evening. Maybe you're the sort of person who looks at the gospel, the message of the cross, and you think, weird, weak, foolish. But verse 7 goes on. Verse 7, it's foolishness in the eyes of the world. But on the contrary, verse 7 On the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery. A wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. This is not the world's wisdom. This is God's wisdom. He's out of this world wisdom. And he says it's it's a hidden wisdom. You know, people never expected to find God's wisdom hiding there at at the bloody cross. They didn't expect that. It was hidden. It's like a mystery. I don't know if you like me, but I get to the end of those kind of murder mystery shows and it's all revealed and I go, oh, oh, okay, I see that. I wouldn't have picked it, but I see it. And that's kind of the gospel. When you get it, you go, oh, yeah, makes sense, but I wouldn't have picked it. Um, That's not what it's like from God's point of view, of course, not at all. God had predestined this wisdom before the foundation of the the earth, before the, the ages began. And what did he do it for? Just, just look with me again. Verse 7. Look at the details here. Look what he, he, was, he was shooting for. A wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. I think that's amazing. Before the ages, God was planning your glory. 
You might have superannuation. You might be thinking about your retirement in a, in a few years' time or a few more years than that, than that. God's planning your glory. How amazing is that? Before the foundation of the earth, before the, before the ages, I should say. And it's not just kind of a worldly glory, flashy and shallow. This is an unimaginable glory. If you're here and you don't yet know Jesus, I, I want you to know that he's offering something more than the whole world has to offer you. Look at verse 9. What I did not see and ear did not hear and what never entered the human mind, God prepared this for those who love him. Our glory is going to be unimaginably great. And yet I think Paul's saying something more than just our glory there. I think he's also talking about how we get to the glory. I think he's talking about God's wisdom. He's talking about the fact that the glory comes via the cross. That actually we get to glory via the cross. And that is something no one had in mind. No one saw that coming. That's God's strange wisdom. And isn't it weird, friends? You ever stop to think how weird it is? God wins the greatest victory by giving up. God defeats death by dying. That is, that's quite weird, isn't it? But this is the out of this world wisdom of the cross. This is God's wisdom. And what's really gotten me this week as I've thought about this is I didn't get it. You, you by nature, didn't actually grasp this. You didn't understand it. Because what he says here is no eye had seen it. No ear heard it. It never entered our mind. We, we didn't have this in mind that this is God's wisdom, that this is the glory that is ours. Maybe you still don't, friends. You still don't get it. You're not alone. None of us did. In fact, verse 14 says, none of us could. We couldn't see God's wisdom in the message of the cross, which couldn't do it. But then read on to verse 10. Now, God has revealed these things to us. I've just been bowled over by the, the privilege this week that what I couldn't see and no one can see, God has allowed me to see. That there at the cross, as Jesus died for me and rose again, that is real power. That is my life and my salvation. And He's allowed me to see that and grasp it and know it. What a privilege. I'll be honest with you, though, there's a bit of a tension here. Because um, I see in the message of the cross great wisdom, and I see glory there. But at the same time, I feel the tug of the glory of this world and the wisdom of this world. You know, Honor yourself. Get power for yourself. The shiny car, the high-powered job, the relationship, whatever it is, I feel that tug as well. And I've got to keep reminding myself, Dan, that, that's the wisdom of the world. And I've got to keep reminding myself where that wisdom ends up. Can you finish the sentence? The wisdom, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Chapter 2, verse 6. We do speak a wisdom among the mature, but not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. They're the people I esteem. They're coming to nothing. And yet God's wisdom, the message of the cross, 
it ends in glory. I must remember that. I need to remind myself of that. But then here's the question. We're back to the very beginning. How do we get, how do we remind ourselves of that? How do we believe that if it's, if we can't by nature believe it? How do we help people who think it's foolishness to actually move across and think, no, that's wisdom. That's beautiful. We've just been handing out balloons out the front, right? And it said, cross equals heart. People out there think cross equals question mark. They don't know. They can't see it without the spirit. How are we going to get them to cross equals heart? God's love for me. And the answer is, the answer is right there in, in verse 10. It's the spirit of God. Now God has revealed these things to us by the spirit. It's the only answer. By the spirit, the giver of life. For the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man that is in him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. I was at the zoo last Saturday, I think, or Thursday. I can't remember. Anyway, it wasn't that long ago. And I saw the lemurs. Does anyone like the lemurs? A few nods. We like lemurs. They're pretty good. Madagascar made them even cooler. But, you know, and no one's told them their tails are too long, I don't think, because they're, st- they're ridiculous, right? Anyway, I love watching the lemurs kind of hopping around, doing their thing. Not a care in the world. And I just, I thought, these lemurs have no idea what's going on in here. The stresses, the thoughts, the concerns in this brain, which is kind of mean. Because of, the, of course they don't. They're lemurs, right? Of course they don't. What makes us think we know God's mind? The kind of thoughts in God's head. We don't. We don't know them. We didn't know the hidden, mysterious, glorious wisdom of the cross. We just did not know it. But the Spirit of God did. In verse 12, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us. By God. What a gift. Not so that we can understand the details of the doctrine of salvation, although that is included, but that we might genuinely grasp these things. We might really know them for ourselves. We might know the glory. Or chapter 1, verse 2, we might know that we are holy. Chapter 1, verse 4, we might know the grace of the Lord Jesus. That we might know, chapter 1, verse 9, the fellowship of of knowing the Lord Jesus. We might actually know these things. It didn't come to us because we were smart. Some of you are very smart. It didn't come to you because you were smart. You might have heard Paul Dale's testimony. Uh, Part of it includes huge charts all up around his bedroom of different religions and even algorithms to figure out which bits meant the most or something like that. That was actually God's spirit at work through all of those things. It was not just Paul's intelligence, although he's very intelligent. It was the spirit of God at work. I mentioned grace to you last week, I think. 13-year-old disabled indigenous girl, right? She gets these things. She understands it. She understands the things non-believing neurosurgeons don't get. She gets it. She gets it better than some of us, I'm sure. Because it doesn't come to us by being smart. Or our background. It's a gracious work of a kind God allowing us to see the truth. 
behold the wisdom of the cross. Well, that's exciting news. I think that's a wonderful gift of our God. And there's a few implications Paul wants to draw out specifically. Three things, and I'm just going to rush through the first two and talk about the third one a bit more. So the first thing is this, verse 13. We speak a simple message. Verse 13. Paul says, we also speak these things. He's talking about what's been freely given to us by God. We speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom. Why would we use words taught by human wisdom when human wisdom isn't what grasps these things? Human wisdom doesn't, it's not the thing here. So we don't use those words. But in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. We don't use all the human cleverness kind of words. We use the words that have come from the Spirit, that that he uses, the words of the gospel, the simple words of the message of the cross. These are the words we use, the words the Spirit is pleased to take up and put to work. We've all fallen short of God's glory, but he loves us. And he gave his son to die for us and rise again. And if you turn to him and, and, and repent, turn to him and he will give you life. Simple words, right? The simple words of the cross. Don't be ashamed speaking them, friends. You might, you might feel a bit silly with all your intelligent friends speaking such foolish words. And some of them might think you're foolish. But some of them might have their eyes opened by the Spirit of God, and come to know life and see their wisdom. You don't know, maybe. Well, we can't control the Spirit of God. It blows like a wind. Well, that's the first thing. The second thing is this, uh, verses 15 to 16. Don't expect the world to understand you. Verse 15. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Uh, When the Spirit of God is in you, um, you begin to actually see the world a bit differently, don't you? You start to evaluate the world on on a kind of a broader canvas. And yet the world doesn't necessarily understand you. Because it doesn't know the message of the cross. It doesn't get God. And so it doesn't necessarily get you and what you value and what you do. Why why do you give your money away? Why do you value these things and not those things? Why aren't you taking that job? I mean, I know you're not going to be able to get along to church and things, but it's a good job. Why don't you date the unbeliever? Because they don't know God. They don't get the wisdom of the cross. And here's the final thing, friends, the final implication here for Paul is unity. I know we've been banging on for this for three weeks, but that's because that's what Paul's talking about. Chapter 1 to 4, it's really, it's about unity. You see, that the Corinthian Christians were really spiritual people. They thought they were really like filled with the spirit. We're super spirit people. And Paul says, uh, no, you're not. Look at chapter 3, verse 1 there. Chapter 3, verse 1, brothers, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, because you're not yet ready for it. In fact, you're still not ready, because you're still fleshly. He's saying you guys are so immature, 
Go back to chapter 2, verse 6 for a moment. Chapter 2, verse 6. However, we do speak a wisdom among the mature. You guys are babies. You see what he's saying? You guys don't get that the message of the cross is wisdom. Because you're immature. You're babies. If the Spirit of God was really at work in you, you'd see the wisdom of the cross. You'd see the message of the cross is great wisdom. But you're not. You're you're not wise. You're not mature. How do I know? Well, well, verse 3. For since there is envy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and living like unbelievers? For whenever someone says, oh, I'm with Paul, and another, I'm with Apollos, are you not unspiritual people? Friends, if the Spirit of God is at work among us, we will see that we or you individually are helpless. We have nothing to boast in. We brought nothing to God that he ought to kind of, that that we deserve salvation. We're helpless. We have nothing to boast in. If the Spirit of God was at work in us, we would see that the King of glory was dishonored by this world. And we'd stop seeking honor in the eyes of this world ourselves. And, And we'd be unified instead of competing. We'd honor each other instead of honoring ourselves. The work of the Spirit is seen in us as we are honest with each other, humble towards each other, open with each other, as we are unified. This is a gift of God's Spirit. Well, friends, I am so thankful for the work of God's Spirit. I really am. I've been made to feel more grateful this week because we are helpless. We need him to give us life. And I've been convinced that I I need more of that work because I really do feel the tug Of the wisdom of this world. And I need the spirit to keep showing me the wisdom and the glory of the cross. We're actually going to take some time now to respond by actually praying and asking God together. Just praying openly. Asking him to keep working in us by his spirit. And if we're going to be doing this outreach thing like we were doing before. This is a complete waste of time. Unless God's spirit is at work. And he is. So we want to pray as well that God's spirit would work in the people around us in our lives to open their eyes to see Jesus. Um, So let's take some time now. Let's just spend some time in prayer. Uh, And after a little while, Ben and Renee will get up here. Keep on praying. Don't stop just because they're standing up. They'll need to get their things together. So let's keep praying. Uh, Let me start.